Welcome in, everybody. Today is December 28th, 2022. I'm your your host today, Groups. Um, It's just going to be me today. Uh, Cam's going to be with us tomorrow. He's taking care of a sick girlfriend. So, you know, life happens. Um, You know, things have just been like that here recently for the two of us. So um, he'll be with us tomorrow. I'll talk about tomorrow and what we're planning on doing for that a little bit later on at the end of the show. So if you're interested, stick around, wait to that, and then we'll talk about what we're going to do with his return and what we're planning on doing tomorrow for another episode. Um, So let's just go ahead and jump right in. Um, From the beginning, we're going to start off with a little show update. Um, This kind of rolls into the same topic I was just talking about, but... Uh, why we ha- why have we not been recording the last two months? Um, to be honest, just life. Life has gotten in the way. Cam's performing a lot in Nashville. He's playing two or three times a week, it seems like, out in Broadway. Um, he, he's playing a lot, and that's good. He's getting his, his EP and everything set up. So uh, it's just, for him, it's a lot of that. And then for me, I was in the process of potentially buying a house um, so that was a whole whole deal right there for about two or three for probably about two weeks. Um, so that was you know right after we were recorded our last one. Um, our last episode came out on uh, October twenty second, right before the Tennessee game and the Florida game. So uh, there would have been a time that I really wanted to record, and I really did, and just wasn't able to. Um, house fell through. Didn't buy that. And then honestly, outside of that, it's just been a lot of. Um, work and everything, wrapping things up here at the end of the year. So it's just been, and a little bit, a little bit is a lack of uh, responsibility and laziness for wanting to do this. Um, But I'm back. We're going to do this on our regular schedule like we have been, and we're going to get, get this thing popping again. So just want to share that off, off the top and just uh, approach why we haven't done anything for about seven weeks here. Um, you know, it's 28th of December and our last one was on October 22nd. So, but that leaves us with a lot to, to, to talk about today. Sorry. It's been, I feel like I having to refresh my brain on how to do this and how to talk on in front of a camera and mic. So bear with me, but, um, we have a lot to talk about a lot of things that happen, you know, the world series happened. Uh, college football has reached its end point, essentially, where we had the playoffs on Saturday. Um, we'll get to that. I'm, I think we're going to do essentially a whole episode on that tomorrow. Um, that's kind of what the update uh, on that is going to be. Um, but, yeah, NFL still rolling. A lot of stories have came from there. So we have a lot to discuss. Um, so we'll just jump right in. Uh, I think my favorite talk, topic to talk about is the first one anyway. So, College football, let's just jump right in and talk about everything that has happened in the college football world since our last episode. So everything kind of worked out in a way that was very interesting. Um, You had Michigan actually beat Ohio State two years in a row. Big upset for them. Um, I'm not even going to say upset because I feel like Michigan should have been favored, but I think Ohio State, if I go back and remember, was a favorite in that game because it was in Ohio State. Uh, But Michigan goes in and gives them a throbbing. I mean, they go in and just physically outmatch them and outlast them the entire game. Uh, So 
it, it was a, a very eye-opening game for them as well as the rest of the college football world. What else happened during this uh, this hiatus, so to speak? Um, Georgia beat Tennessee. Georgia went on to win the SEC championship and did it in pretty dominating fashion. Um, you know, there, there were things that happened. We all expected Alabama to come back and be in the SEC championship, but that just didn't happen. Um, Tennessee, we thought they were going to backdoor their way into the playoffs. That didn't happen. Um, the, the main thing I want to discuss here was around the time of when the committee was having to make its decision Sunday morning after the conference championships, there was so much mental gymnastics that was taking place during that, that time, during that weekend of people trying to figure out a way how to get Alabama back in the, into the playoff, how to get Ohio state in, how, what's going to happen if this team loses, this thing works out. Tennessee should be ahead of Alabama. All these things just because we didn't get a clean playoff like we all thought we were going to get. USC ended up losing to Utah in the Pac-12 championship. TCU lost. Should they be in? All these crazy things happened, but here we are today. Georgia's number one. Michigan's number two. TCU's number three. Ohio State's number four. Alabama was never getting in. 100% never getting in two losses. Yes, their, their losses were closed by a com combined four points, but they weren't getting in. Tennessee was not getting in. They would have gotten in if they didn't lose to South Carolina. But you don't go and lose by 20-plus points to, or to South Carolina and get into the playoffs and be a two-loss team. It's just not happening. It hasn't happened in the four-team playoff yet. Now, when we get into the 12-team all that's out the window, and we have more parity and more people in the playoffs. So it's all going to change. So it's, these kind of situations aren't going to matter outside of um, by, by weeks. But the fact that we had people trying to make the argument that Tennessee should be in over Ohio State because they beat Alabama. What? No, absolutely not. Yes, Tennessee had an explosive offense. That was about it. They beat Alabama. Congratulations. They beat Alabama by three at home on the last second field goal. Alabama was not getting in either. They had two losses. And a bunch of near losses as well. So a two-loss Alabama team not getting in over a one-loss Ohio State team. And to be honest with you, when we look at these matchups, and I'm going to discuss this more tomorrow, Ohio State was the one team I did not want to play out of the three remaining teams in the playoff. I wanted to play TCU. I really did. But the reason I didn't want to play Ohio State is if you go look at their roster ranking versus Georgia, Michigan, and TCU, they have the number three roster in the country behind Georgia and Alabama. Alabama being one, Georgia number two. Now, that ranking could be rearranged now, but... Ohio State is the one team I didn't want to play just purely from a talent perspective. But when you go back and watch that Michigan game, there are some very eye-opening things. They were they were a little bit bullied on on the on the in the trenches, and when it comes down to it, that's where football games are won and lost. Can't play in the trenches, you're going to lose. Uh, we'll discuss that more tomorrow. But Michigan 
just flat out beat them. They beat the brakes off of them. In a very competitive game in the first half, but it was really the second half where you saw the the physical mindset that Michigan had, and that was an advantage over Ohio State. So that that's going to be an interesting matchup this week. And then TCU, um, that was the big one. Everybody suspected that if they lost, they were done. That was never the case. TCU was going to be in the playoff no matter what, as long as they got went through the regular season undefeated. Yes, would they were they the worst team that was left undefeated? Yes. But them going and losing in overtime by three to Kansas State, it, it, it questioned putting them at four, but they were in. Them just playing a close game, not getting blown out, they were winning. Or they were getting in the playoff. So there was an argument that you could say Michigan maybe number one, Georgia number two, maybe. Maybe, but Georgia had been number one all year. That wasn't going to happen. But TCU was going to be in. So where did that leave room for anybody else to get in? Alabama was not getting in, guys. All the people that were hooping and hollering that we Alabama should be in, they should be in, they should be in. No, I'm sorry. Yes, you, you, you have to play the games. The games matter. It doesn't matter if you have – if we got in, we'd beat all those teams – well, you didn't beat the two teams that you did play and that beat you. So the games matter in college football, and that's what's exciting about the way that things are set up now. But when we get to 12 teams, those those lights, that Michigan-Ohio State team, a game doesn't matter. Georgia-Tennessee, it doesn't matter in, in retrospect. When you go back and look at everything, these games will quote-unquote not matter as much because there's not much on the line. Yes, you just got to be one of the top 12 teams. And, yes, you want to win your conference. You have, I think it's a huge advantage for a team to win their conference with the way that things are set up because it's one less game. But the new playoff system is adding on an additional two games to the already two-game playoff. Um, I, if I'm players... I'm looking for an insurance policy or something because that's two additional games where I'm not getting paid NFL money to go out and get hurt. So I get why it used to be big on, oh, why are they sending out the bowl games? Well, I get it. Sitting here watching bowl season the last few days has not been fun. Um, the games are very mediocre. You have a bunch of six and six teams just in there playing against each other. It's, it's pretty useless in full honesty. Um, I saw a thing that mentioned that teams that win eight games, that should be the minimum. If you win eight games, then you're in a bowl. Uh, I'm almost to that level because you watch some of these matchups and they're just really boring. Um, UCF and Duke is on right now. I know there's a, that's a nine-win team and a seven-win team, but it's still like, do I really want to go in the living room and watch that game right now? No, I don't, but it's the only thing on TV, so I'm going to. Now, if you're gambling, obviously, who cares? Because that's all you're going to gamble on, and that's what I would do if I was gambling. Uh, if I was sitting in a sports book, I would love bowl season. But I'm not sitting in a sports book, and I live in a state where I can't legally gamble. So I don't really care. So I think if we can shorten bowl season, I think that's probably for the best. And also, my biggest gripe with the college football playoff 
with the current format is why the hell are we playing this on New Year's Eve? Why do I have to watch the game at 8 o'clock all the way pretty much till midnight? Like, you just kill my plans, essentially. Not that I really care about New Year's Eve. I think it's probably the most overrated holiday there that there is. But if I wanted to go and do something, I can't because, I mean, I can, but I like football too much and my team's in the playoff and playing at 8 o'clock. So I'm going to watch that game. Um, I think they should be, if you're going to play it around New Year's, New Year's Day. But also, why are we giving teams, you know, close to a month to prepare for the semi-round for the first round, but the second round you only get 10 days, 9 or 10 days? Doesn't make much sense. You think you'd want teams to have about pretty much even amount of time to prepare if we're going to do it like that. Now, do I am I arguing that the national championship should be a month from Saturday? Absolutely not. I think we need to shorten that time period, which they're going to with the 12-team playoff, obviously, because you have to squeeze in an additional two games for each team in each round. Um, it's I just don't think it's smart the way they have this set up right now. Pure and simple. But it's a gripe I have, and I just I don't like it. Um, another thing I want to talk about, uh, two things, two things, transfer portal and national early s- national signing day. Um, can we just go ahead and squash the fact that this is just national signing day? The one in February should not even exist anymore. What's the point? If you're going to have this December date, which I get it, you're doing it for early enrollees. Great. Great. Let them have their shine. If they want to come in and roll early, which I feel like the vast majority, if you're a freshman, you need to be doing because a lot of guys are doing it already. So if you want to get that that step ahead of them or to be on par with the rest, the rest of your class, you need to do that. You need to enroll early. Um, but, yeah, we just need to squash the February signing day because it's just pointless. It's absolutely pointless. And now when you, with these transfer rules, too um, – it's just getting really hairy. Uh, there, there's so much tampering going on behind the scenes. Um, everything that we all knew was that was below the table is now on the table, and you're just seeing it all out work itself out. Um, you still have tampering happening below the table. Uh, you have guys going in back channels talking to grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles, sitting there trying to get guys from one team to come to their team by offering a ton of money. And that, that just seems wrong. Like, I'm glad these guys are getting paid, and I, I like how some teams are approaching it where you earn it. You don't, you're not getting recruited for it. Um, you're once you're on campus, that's how you earn the nil, and I'm fine with that. Absolutely, that's perfectly fine. But you should not be signing deals before you even step on campus. Like, that just seems absurd. Like, Nico Amaliva getting eight million dollar deal before he's even on Tennessee's campus is absolutely absurd. Now he's not obviously not does not have eight million dollars in his bank account, but he's gonna get two million dollars all four years. But that that to me is absurd. Like the the way nil should work is guys that have been there for a while, that those guys need a benefit. Like you come in um, your freshman year, you you prove that you're a guy, you get a deal, and then you go on. Brock Bowers, for example. Guys like that. And then even the guys that aren't playing. You know, your, your third or fourth string, they should have some kind of benefit because they are 
you know, their practice squad guys going up and getting banged up too. So, the build's good. It just needs to be rewrote, especially with the transfer portal. Um, hammering is a real deal, and it's not good for it's not good for the sport at all. You don't. We all claim we want parity, but at the end of the day, look at the teams that are getting all the transfers. Look at all the guys. Look at all the talents still stacking up. Um, if you want true parity, the NCAA's got to step in, or a new governing body has to step up and. Around this whole thing because it's, it's, it's the Wild West. It really is. Uh, last thing I want to talk about in the college football world, um, just because it's a big announcement and I just think it's kind of cool. Dion moving from Jackson State and going to Colorado. Um, it, I think it's cool. I think we all kind of saw this coming. Um, we all knew that him getting that job and getting guys like Travis Hunter down there. He was eventually going to leave and take a bigger job. Now, I thought he would, you know, get a bigger job in Colorado, in full honesty, but it's a good stepping stone for him, especially since this was probably the worst team in college football this year. Uh, he's got he's to turn that thing around and turn it around quick. Uh, he had a video that came out of him talking to current players, and I, it's hard to have a real take on it. But he essentially told them, like, I'm, I'm, I'm here now. I'm bringing guys with me. If you don't like it, get in the portal. Um, that's just the gist of it. It's obviously not how Dion said it, but um, it's not the wrong message. Maybe the wrong tone of the message was said. But, again, it's hard to make a true opinion on something when you're getting a 10, 20-second clip. You're not getting the full scope of everything. So it's hard to have a true opinion on that, but he's not wrong. If you want to turn a program around, especially using the portal and having his name, he's going to be able to do it. Um, you have to tell guys straight up, and I think it's the best way to do it is not beat around the bush. Like you're taking one, a 1-11 one team, and you're trying to turn it into a 7-8 win, you know, a team that's competing for the Pac-12 championship. You're going to have to do that and do it quickly. Um, I think Dion's going to have success there. Uh, I... He's going to have success because it is the Pac-12 and you have two of the best teams leaving for the for the Big Ten in a couple of years. But he's going to have to recruit, and I don't think that's going to be a big issue because he's already getting guys for the next year's class coming with him because he is Dion, and they don't have to go to Jackson anymore. Um, and what he did for Jackson was awesome. He, you know, potentially brought in $30 million is what I read today, and that's awesome. But... Again, you don't know if these numbers are true or not, whatever. But he had an impact down there. He got college game day down there. He got national televised shows and, and games and documentaries and everything. He brought – he had an impact down there in Jackson. And whether he was doing it for as long as he did it or if he did it for the rest of his life, it Jackson's better for having him there. Jackson State will be better for having Dion there. And he probably will look back on it and be very thankful of the opportunity that he got there. Um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because I thought it was a cool thing to see a guy coming up and shaking things up in, the, in a world that we're used to seeing. Um, you know, very bland coach speak. You don't get that with Dion. You don't get that with Dion. So it's kind of cool to see. Uh, we'll see if it works out, if he can get guys there and – get the support of the boosters and he's got a chance. So 
Uh, let's move on. Let's talk some NFL. Uh, it's been a weird NFL season. Uh, Tua, again, out with a concussion. Third one this year. Uh, you have to assume that his season is probably done, even if they make the playoffs. It, it's hard to imagine running a guy out there after his third concussion on the year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if he continues to play, honestly. Uh, people, after that second one, were saying he needed to retire and all this stuff. But now after this third one, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. It's safe to assume that he's going to keep trying to play, but there's only so much damage that you can do to your head before it becomes a massive issue. Um, and I think he's on the precipice of that happening because, again, you don't we don't know the true severity of these things because obviously we're not him. But also we don't – if you don't let your coaches know what's happening – like, if he's concussed in the third quarter and he continues to play, which that's the, the reports are that he's been – he played that second half with a concussion. Um, that's a little bit on him and a little bit on the coaches and their uh, – in the NFL spotters, but it's just – I don't know. It's not looking good for two, man. That's all I'm getting at. Uh, and they're – and what sucks for them, and they're in the play, middle of a playoff push, so – um, him him being out and Teddy taking over. Hopefully Teddy can get it done, but they got a tough matchup coming up. Um, they they don't have the easiest route, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens there in Miami. Uh, some news that broke today: Derek Carr is being benched. They lost again this weekend on Christmas Eve, and he's being benched from Jarrett Stidham, good old Studham, the Auburn prodigy, if you must. Uh, it's kind of a lot of writing on the wall with this one the guy was due 40.4 million dollars of guaranteed money if he was to be on the team after the super bowl so it's safe to assume that his days in vegas are numbered and they're probably going to draft a new quarterback um it also doesn't sound like josh jacobs will be there much longer either he's not very happy so uh, the raiders got a lot of issues they need to work through them but that, that's pretty big news there. Uh, another quarterback being benched for, this one's a little different. Um, Taylor Heineke is being benched by the commanders in favor of Carson Wentz. And now Carson was the starter at the beginning of the year before he got hurt. And Ron Rivera and that, and that squad just decided to roll with a hot hand. That was Taylor Heineke. You know, that team's got a good defense and they got a good run, a good run game. And Terry McLaurin, so... They could turn it around and keep keep their playoff hopes alive if Carson can do it this weekend, but let's be honest, I don't really expect that because it is Carson. Carson can go out and run for two touchdowns, throw for two, and throw for damn near 300 yards, but he can also throw four picks. So you don't know what Carson Wentz you're getting. If it's good Carson Wentz, then great. If it's bad Carson Wentz, then you're in for a long day. Um, what else is going on in the NFL world? Uh, JJ Watt is retiring after this season. So he's only got two more games. The Cardinals are not going to make the playoffs, which another interesting situation where they just gave Kyler a ton of money this off season. And yet he is underperformed. And to be honest, he, he acts like he is a 10 year vet when he's having arguments with Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline and doing all these things. 
he still needs to he did just get the money but he hasn't proved that he has the i guess right to say to be like that just because you got paid a lot of money it doesn't mean you've earned that respect to be able to be that guy on the sidelines so it sucks for jj you know he was a one of three players to win uh, defensive player of the year three different times uh him lawrence taylor and aaron donald obviously good company uh he he was a freak whenever he was healthy but that was his biggest issue is he was never healthy um and, but cool dude great dude everything you hear about him is he's awesome dude and you know it, it will send him off in his in the right fashion and he's a great he's been a great ambassador for the nfl too and players so hopefully jj can get gets through these next two games has his last home game this weekend and rides off into the sunset um another story i quickly wanted to touch on uh the packers who started off four and nine are on in the midst of a huge comeback if they can come back from this or not maybe not four or nine but they were very bad if they can win out they win this weekend the next weekend and the browns win this weekend they're going to be in the playoffs Aaron Rodgers has a chance. Now, is it all going to be a little little bit too late? Yeah, but more than likely that's what's going to happen. But, hey, they have a chance to make a push, and you, you never know what can happen, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers. They went down to Miami and did the damn thing. Uh, they, they, they won the game, and it's just they have a chance. They have a legitimate chance to go in and do it. Um, let's see who they have to They have Lions, so Lions are on a bit of a skid here lately. Um, explosive offense, but not that great of defense. Be interesting to see before they come on. Sorry, they're seven and eight now. Uh, Browns playing Steelers, who you know, big win this past weekend um, on Christmas Eve. George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, with a big come from behind interception or touchdown to win. That one, uh, New Year's Eve, or Christmas Eve was a fun day. Christmas Day, not so good at games. Um, everything else kind of stopped, if we're going to be honest. But, hey, that's football. That's what happens. But, yeah, that's pretty much all the NFL stories I kind of wanted to touch on. A lot of things have happened. You know, guys get hurt. Uh, the, the whole... Nathaniel Hackett just got fired from the Broncos. He didn't even get a full year. Um, reports are that nobody in that locker room likes Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited. Um, Broncos country, let's ride if we must. Uh, the guy has just not been good at all this year. Uh, let's be brutally honest. as He's played horribly. You've never seen a team act like they do, like, like this towards a quarterback. I mean, they're literally mid-route just saying I'm open and then just throwing tantrums because he's not throwing them the ball. Um, it's it's bad. It's a bad situation there in Denver. And it sucks for him because he could have just stayed in Seattle and been a legend, but he decided to leave because he's Mr. Unlimited. And, you know, it's just – he's on the downside of his career now. I, he's over the hump, I, I would say. He's over his peak. So it's going to be interesting to see who, one, who they hire, and two, 
how does he bounce back? You know, how does Russell bounce back from all this? Because he has, he has weapons. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. He has guys. Patrick Sertan on the other side of the ball. Like, they have guys. They should be good. They were a quarterback away. And who the hell knows what happened? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's on the coach and it was on Russ. But I don't know, man. That, that's just a weird, weird situation going on there. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Let's get into the MLB and what has been going on this offseason over there. Uh, a lot has taken place. A lot of free agency th- deals have been made. Um, Trevor Bauer's suspension is being reduced. Uh, it, every Everything's going on, but I think the, the team that's kind of t- stolen the um, stolen the show, should you say, uh, is has been the Mets. The Mets have come in and decided they're going to spend a shit ton of money have damn near over a half a billion dollar payroll every year. Um, it's been nuts. They signed Fernlander. They're about to hopefully maybe sign Correa post pending this whole physical thing. Uh, you know, Correa's supposed to sign with a seven year or massive deal with the Giants, but they backed out of that because he has a bad physical. And now the Mets might be doing the same damn thing. And Correa doesn't want to restructure his contract for it. Um, but, yeah, the Mets have been spending a ton of money. It's been crazy. Um, <clears throat> Aaron Judge stay, is staying a Yankee. Um, that's pr- We all kind of knew that one was going to happen, uh, but it, it's worth noting that that did happen. Kluber today signed with the Red Sox. Uvalde uh, signed with the Rangers. Rangers got Jacob deGrom, who left the Mets. Uh, that's a big pickup, and hey, the Rangers have been spending a lot of money the last few years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they become. Uh, what's another big one? Conforto to the Giants. That was a big. That was big. Um, the Cubs. The Cubs. They 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 stole my heart. They they ripped my heart out. They uh, was saving this one for the end, but old Dansby Swanson is no longer a Brave. Uh, he decided to take a ton of money and go to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, the Braves were not anywhere near the ballpark for him. He got a seven-year, $177 million deal, and we were nowhere near that. Uh, we wouldn't meet him in the middle either, and you know what? You know you question things like this. You Things happened like this two years in a row with Freddie and Dansby, granted both under the same agency. Um, you, you see this and you kind of wonder if the Braves are ever going to get to a point where, yes, you can sign these guys to these long extensions. Like they just, we traded for Sean Murphy, traded Contreras, which I don't know. Don't love it. Don't love it. Um, Sean Murphy is a top two, top three catcher in the league though. He's going to be the everyday guy now and Dansby or not Dansby, Darno is going to be, uh, kind of the fill-in, but mainly our de- designated hitter. That's what it's going to be. Uh, but, like, you can extend these guys to these six- and seven-year deals would seem like, let's be honest, they seem like you're getting good deals out of these guys because you're locking them in. Like, you sign uh, Ozzy to that crazy or eight-year, 30-something million-dollar deal, and then, you you know, you get 
Michael Harris to a seven or eight year seventy million dollar deal, uh, Acuna to an eight year hundred million dollar deal. Um, so you see all these things, but you wonder like when Freed comes up in a year or two, are they going to resign them? Are they going to resign these stud players that they have? You had Freddie Freeman, you had Dansby Swanson. I get it. I get that you didn't want to do the Freddie one. I get that. You got Olsen, who's younger, and let's be honest, a little bit cheaper. Um, or a little bit more worth the the money that you're spending. Uh, but Dan, Dansby, he's 29 years old. Why the hell aren't we extending him? And I, this should have been done during the season. I don't like how Anthopolis does not do business during the season. I don't know if that's a normal practice for him if that's a thing, but it seems like it is because what a lot this allowed to happen getting to this point, you allowed the market to dictate what happened. These guys, Trey Turner signing with the Phillies for 10, 11 million or 10, 11 year deal over 300 and something million dollars and getting 25 million a year. Same with Correa, same with Bogarts. Like Dansby was always the number four guy. But you allowed the market to just inflate his number more and more by not signing him, A, during the season, or B, as soon as free agency started. He should have been numero uno. Numero uno. And yet, here we are. We have no shortstop. We have Von Grissom, who I am excited about, but he's not Dansby. He's not the hometown kid. He's not the heart and the face of the franchise anymore. Um. That's what sucks. It does because Dansby's from here. He's from Atlanta. He's from down the road, 20 minutes from here. And we allowed him to go to the Cubs. So it sucks. It really does suck. But you know what? It's a business. So, you know, the Braves will be around longer than Dansby will be in his baseball career. So you have to look at it from that, that perspective. And you know what? No one person is bigger than a entire franchise so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the shortstop and left field those are the two holes the Braves have and they have yet to be filled um, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, back to what has been happening this year or this offseason again the Mets signed Correa um, they traded James McCann to the Orioles and they signed Autumn Ottavino and then, like I said, they also signed Verlander. So it's been a big deal. Uh, they've had a great offseason. Uh, but they are just throwing boo-boo box out of the guys. And it's, it almost what we've always said is, oh, the Dodgers just pay for all the guys. No, the Mets are paying for all the guys. And let's be honest, this is not sustainable. This is only going to work for a year or two. And then, bam, it's, gonna, it's just all going to shit. It's going to hit the fan. It's going to tank really bad. Um, they, they also got Kadai uh, Sinka. He's on a five-year, $75 million deal, and they, they also resigned. And then also, we get, get, get to see him sprint down, down first base every single day. Uh, it's, it's been a crazy, crazy offseason, and it's just going to continue to be that way. Uh, pitchers, it's kind of crazy. Uh, pitchers and catchers report in two months. You know, February, and they report, and kind of excited for it and just sitting there walking around the battery earlier and looking around and I'm like, damn, I'm 
I'm ready for some baseball. I'm ready to be back in the stadium. Uh, but you know what? First things first. We got college football playoffs to worry about. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up, and that's where I'm going to get into what we're going to do tomorrow. Tomorrow, Cam will be back. So obviously he'll give us his updates on how Christmas went. We'll discuss that, what our New Year's plans are, blah, 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 blah. The main thing we're going to do, we're going to break down these two games. We're going to give our thoughts, our opinions, gambling, everything you guys can expect from us and more. Because that's what I want to do. I want to see here, I want to look at these two, all four of these teams, and look at these two matchups and say, what's going to happen? What do we think is going to, how's it, how's it going to play out? What's the right side? What's the, where's the smart money? So that's what we're going to do tomorrow. We're going to look at these playoff games in depth. We're going to look at the, the rosters, the, the matchups schematically. How's it going to go? Then we're going to look at the money. Where's all the money? Where, what's, what's Vegas telling us is going to happen? So it's going to be a fun show. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're also not only going to do the playoff games. We'll do the rest of the New Year's Bowls, you know, the Orange Bowl. That's on Friday night with Clemson and Tennessee. Rose Bowl, all those other games. But the main focus will be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Um, I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to having Cam back. Uh, the shows are always a little bit better when he's there because I have somebody to bounce, you know, ideas and topics off of. And we just work well together. So, and I miss my, I miss my bud. So, Cam will be back tomorrow. We're going to wrap this thing up. And uh, you guys have a great day.